But let me pivot to this. How do you replace Jacob DeGrom? Well, there are some starting pitchers that hypothetically could be available on the trade market that could at least come somewhat close to the upside of Jacob DeGrom. So let me start with those cheap bastards in Cleveland. They don't pay (laughs) anybody. They didn't pay CeCe Sabathia. They traded him a year early. They didn't pay Cliff Lee. They got rid of him. Shane Bieber is not going to be a Cleveland Guardian in three years. I think we all have to accept that. They're not going to pay him. They paid Jose Ramirez, but mainly because Jose was willing to take less to stay. So looking at Bieber, who has two years left of control, is this the moment where they trade him? Ah, you said two more years left of control. Now, they, they can get a ton back for him. Now, if I am over in Cleveland, I'm listening. I, I Here's the thing. Whenever, whenever people say that everybody's off the table, it's not the case. No one's ever off the table. There is always a deal to be made. But for Shane Bieber with two years control and the Cleveland Guardians did just make the playoffs in a division that, way I see it right now, they can win again next year with this exact same team. You have to convince me quite thoroughly to get rid of my two years of control of Shane Bieber. So you got to throw quite a bit at me. Now, I'm not saying quite Shohei Otani levels, but you need to give me a major league ready arm now. Uh, You need to give me at least two of your top prospects. All right. Let's see if I can put this together. Uh, David Peterson. (laughs) (laughs) I like, you know, I like David Peterson. I actually prefer to trade Tyler McGill. I just assume that. Guys out there love the lefty, you know, even mm-hmm. though David's not like 25 years old anymore. I think he's like 28 years old, but older. lefties always have that. Hey, they may develop late. You know, Randy Johnson didn't develop till he was in his thirties. Even Cliff Lee, who we talked about developed a little bit later in his career. So I'm actually not throwing him out there because I don't want him. I'm throwing him out there because I feel like he'd have appeal. Mm-hmm. So I'd give up Peterson. I'd give up Beatty again. It's probably kind of the same deal, just not as much. I, I'm not trading Alvarez in any trade. If I'm not using okay. him in an Otani trade, I wouldn't use him in a Bieber trade. But would Peterson, Beatty, and Mauricio be enough? I'm giving you two. And maybe you guys don't want Mauricio anymore because Cleveland obviously is loaded with middle infielders mm-hmm. and infielders in general after the trade for Francisco Lindor and obviously having Jose Ramirez here long term. So maybe Mauricio doesn't have that same value. But would that be good enough? Two prospects. Like Peterson slash Alex Ramirez, who's an outfielder, and uh, Beatty for Shane Bieber. I think I would do that. Is that I don't, enough? I don't hate it, but here's where I want to make the adjustment. I would, I'll, I would throw back at you. You give me Beatty and Parada, and you throw in McGill, and I'll make the trade. I think I'd do that. I would do that trade. I, I like McGill. Make that trade. I think I truly think you take McGill and you put him over with the Cleveland Guardians and their pitching staff and whatever met. Listen, I have no idea what the Cleveland Guardians are doing with their pitchers and their metrics. I don't know what what they're valuing. I don't know exactly what they're teaching, but whatever the hell it is, it's working really, really, really well. You give me a McGill and you give me put him in that system. I bet McGill in a year is going to be a Cy Young finalist. I want myself oh. McGill. <laughs> That would that would suck. Yes, it would. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I it's interesting with Bieber. So he's going to make about eleven, twelve million dollars this year in arbitration, and then he's got another year in which he's probably going to make obviously a lot more, and then he gets the free agency. So it's just really a matter of if you're Cleveland, do you say we can win the division again, which they can, mm-hmm. uh, or do I max out on value? Because I think you have more teams interested when you've got two years of control as opposed to one. It because is Bieber. It, 
Bieber's going to get paid, obviously. He is. And But here's that two years of control. I want McGill. I probably would like another probably outfielder that could be a flex player, someone that's a utility guy that I could throw in the infield, outfield, maybe even a type of 4A type guy. There's probably a couple of things I want thrown into the deal, but I really like McGill. Now, I might be shooting my shot a little too hard by saying that he could be within a year a Cy Young finalist, but here's the truth. What we saw out of him last year, uh, taking the place of DeGrom, dude, McGill is no joke. If he could stay healthy and can build off a little bit of that, this guy is a, this guy's an all-star. Yeah, he showed signs of it early in the season. I think as Met fans, we're all biased towards what happened at the end. He got hurt multiple times, mm-hmm. came back out of the bullpen, and just wasn't good. But I tend to agree to be high on him. Maybe not Cy Young high, but high on him. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm not looking to trade Tyler McGill or David Peterson. It's more... Hey, you got to give up something. You got to give up something. If you watch Shane Bieber, especially, I mean, that guy is a perennial Cy Young finalist. All right, let's go higher than that. And and I don't think this guy would be traded. Uh, I think it would be foolish if he was traded. But again, you look at organizations that have a track record. You have to at least question it. And that is the guy who is going to win the Cy Young this year, Sandy Alcantara, who not only was an absolute bulldog this season, but is signed to like this insanely team-friendly contract. That's why if the Marlins trade him, it's a disgrace. Let's just start there. Is there any possibility the Miami Marlins Marlin and trade Sandy Alcantara? Yeah, yeah, sure. They just have to send over this entire list right here. That's a list See, of this whole, every top prospect. Just, just all 12 of the people on that list. Just send them all, and then you can get your hands on Sandy Alcantara. Sandy Alcantara is the best pitcher in baseball. Like, and it's not even, and I got to say, the fact that he's in Miami is the reason not everyone knows he's the best pitcher in baseball. The guy almost doubled everybody's innings. He had an under, what, what, an under two ERA. The guy was unbeatable. Uh, I don't, I don't see how they would ever give him up, especially with that young core pitching that the Marlins are, the Marlins are going to be a force to reckon with in the next couple of years here with that pitching staff that they have, like you said, team friendly deal bunch of team-friendly deals. If they can get some offense over to that team and they have the money to spend, I if if I'm the Mets, I'm not worried about the Phillies. I'm not worried about the Nats anytime soon. I'm, I'm definitely worried about the Braves a little bit, but those Marlins are going to come out of nowhere, and when they do, it it's going to be scary. Yeah, and they have Alcantara in the position that they should try to get every young guy in, and that is mm-hmm. he's affordable. I mean, he's not – hitting free agency anytime soon. They got him locked in on a long-term deal. He signed through 2027. So you've got through the prime of his career. I mean, I sort of feel bad for Sandy in a way because he's never going to get to cash out on being the best pitcher in baseball. I Here's where I, I'm not even arguing that he's the best pitcher in baseball. I, I always like to ask this question. When are we starting the timeline? Because obviously this past season, he's the best pitcher in baseball. No yes. one would argue that. Are we starting it just from this past season? Yes. If we're looking at the last three or four years do we make it kind of a bigger timeline but in terms of what he did last year the guy was great and he did something that very few other pitchers do and this is why I think his value is even higher he went deep into games and he completed games yeah no one else does that like even the other high level guys don't pitch nine innings and the guy did it you know six times this past season which is yeah insane so I throw him out there, but I get it. I mean, the Marlins no, no, would be it, embarrassing to trade. It. It's also the the unfortunate fact and cruel fact that the Marlins are in your division. So for for the Mets to realistically trade for the best pitcher in baseball, who also happens to be in your division, I mean, it, it's everything. If it's not bolted to the ground, that's what the Marlins will defend uh, will demand. 
And rightfully so. All right, a couple of more starting pitchers before we move on. Uh, the Brewers owner, I think, recently said, we're going to be very active this offseason, which led to a lot of speculation of what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns, both same situation financially in that they have two years of arbitration, two years of control, very similar to what we said about Bieber, which means we're going to have a hell of a free agent class in three years. Mm-hmm. So signed in 23, signed in 24. Are they available or are we just speculating that because they said they're going to be active uh, that we assume they'll be available? But it it sort of makes sense. I mean, they both have a lot of value. Teams are always looking for starting pitchers, as we were basically talking about. We're looking to replace Jacob DeGrom, potentially. Woodruff and Burns, what's the cost for me? It's going to be a lot. If you want both, what do you want both of them or one? No, no, just one. Here's what I would honestly tell you to go look at. Neither of them. Because when they're going to be active, they're not going to move either of those guys. I think they're looking to build. They missed out on the playoffs. The only reason the Phillies even made the playoffs is because the Brewers were completely inactive at the break. In fact, all they did was make their team worse by trading away Josh Hader, who finally got his act together. Um, There is another pitcher on that team I think you should look at, though, and that's Freddie Peralta. Freddie Peralta is the guy you guys should be trading for. One, I think the Brewers would be willing to take a little bit less for him because he's had some injury issues over the last couple of years. Two, he's just as good as the other two guys. And three, they don't covet him the same way. So I think you can get your hands on Freddie Peralta for a fairly reasonable price. Send over. Hey, you've been saying it all along. (laughs) Give him Peterson. The Brewers will take Peterson. If I'm the Brewers, I'll take Peterson. I could use a good left-handed arm in that staff and a good left-handed arm that can maybe even flex uh, into some bullpen innings if need be. Um, I would also, if I was the Brewers, get my hands on another bat. So one of your top prospects will have to come. I would push for Beatty, but if I were the Mets, I wouldn't do it. I would maybe look at... mm, Maybe Jet Williams, shortstop. Uh, that that's a guy that's we can't high up trade on the list. Jet Williams. He's off limits Why? completely. Why is everyone's off limits no, until no, they're I'm not just, off limits? I'm, I'm screwing around. The only reason I say that is because my son's name is Jet, so he's very excited about the fact <laughs> that let's have a prospect named Jet Williams. You know, by the way, Freddie Peralta is interesting because he's young and he has a high upside. He was an All Star two years ago. There's a personal note I have on Freddie Peralta. What's that? About three years ago. It was the last day of my fantasy league championship. He screwed you, didn't he? And he effed me on an infield <laughs> hit. And at the time, Freddie was a it was a middling middle reliever. Like go back to 2019, he wasn't much. And he gave up an infield hit in the eighth inning of a meaningless game, and it ended my fantasy season. So I guess if Freddie came to my real baseball team and became a top line starting pitcher, maybe I can forgive him. Maybe I can finally move that, past that. Maybe, maybe this is what it is. This is what's going to heal all wounds. Freddie comes over to New York. Honestly, I think that's a trade that maybe the Mets should look into. Freddie Peralta yeah. would look great as a Met. I, I, look, I like the idea of acquiring guys with big upsides. I mean, the Yankees have sort of done it a little bit with bullpen arms over the years. Clay Holmes jumps out mm-hmm. at you. Where you're not trading for a guy who already has the proven record. You're trading for a guy who you think you could take to another level. So, mm-hmm. and it costs you less because like I said earlier, I don't want to, like, I'm, I don't want to give up all these top prospects. We're only talking about it because I know you got to give up something to get something. There, there's a few middle of the rotation guys. These are no longer replacements for DeGrom, but the Mets are going to need some starting pitching because right now their rotation is not completely filled out, even though they did exercise the option on Carlos Carrasco, mm-hmm. which was a no brainer. I look towards Colorado, and, I, and I'm not sure what the Rockies are doing. I think we're all kind of confused. Are they trying to win? Are they blowing it up? They signed Chris Bryant at the end of uh, during the offseason last year. They re-signed Daniel Bard, who's a million years old. 
Herman Marquez, uh, Herman Marquez, who's got two years left. He's making $15 million. Then there's a club option on 16. I've always been intrigued by him and what he would look like away from Coors Field. And the other guy is Kyle Freeland, who they just signed and has made, he's signed for like five more years, but making a reasonable amount of money. Um, I'd assume that with both guys, the price tag couldn't possibly be high. And I'd view Marquez as a guy with, you know, high potential. He's still relatively young, especially getting him out of Coors Field. And I would think that the price tag on both Freeland and Marquez wouldn't be that gross. I would agree with you. I would, I, if I were the Mets, I would definitely kick the tires on it. But if I'm the uh, Colorado Rockies, I'm not looking to move either of these guys until maybe the trade deadline. And here's why. The Rockies, I think, are looking, like you said, they're very confusing. They confuse the living hell out of me. And I truly think they think they can compete in that division. They cannot. They will not and never anytime soon will they, especially with the lineup they're throwing out there. And it's not even a bad lineup. It's just not going to compete with the Dodgers, not going to compete with the Padres. It's not going to compete with the Diamondbacks, who, by the way, I think is kind of a sneaky organization going into next year. And I'm not even talking about the Giants, who we know is going to spend some serious money this offseason. Uh, I think during the trade deadline, they're going to be a team that's going to be looking to unload people. And there was another name you mentioned, and I know they signed him to an extension despite his age. Fun fact about Daniel Bard, by the way. Daniel Bard, my last two years of professional baseball, was my mental prep coach with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Really? He was retired with me. We, we huh. were together with the Mets in 2017. I signed with the D-backs. He signs as a mental prep coach, and he works doing therapy with players for two years Come now, uh, one spring training, he's all of a sudden throwing for the Rockies, and I'm losing my mind. I, I didn't understand what was taking place. <laughs> Daniel Bard is a guy that everyone should be after. I was actually as happy as I was for him that he signed that multi-year deal. It made so little sense to me in that the Rockies are not competing last year. They're not going to compete this year. They don't need arguably the best closer in baseball, which, by the way, Daniel Bard for the last two he years has been he one great. of the best closers in baseball. If I'm if I'm anybody, I'm throwing something at the Rockies to get my hands on Daniel Bard to be at the back end of I, my bullpen. I got to tell you, man, and maybe you're a little biased and I respect it because you had a relationship with him. I would not trust Daniel Bard at 38 years old as far as I could throw. I think but he what has he am- done? Look what he's done. It's I get incredible. It, but, but, Cody, think about all the relievers who have mm-hmm. these ridiculous dominant seasons and then the next year – the clock strikes midnight. I got one guy I was going to bring up later as a minor trade, Aaron Loop, who the Mets had yep. two years ago. Had a great year. Had like a one ERA. I love Aaron Loop. Gets paid, goes to Anaheim. Very average. Look at Adam Adovino this year. The Mets have hit the jackpot with this. I don't mm-hmm. trust Adam Adovino to have another dominant season. <laughs> and with Bard being 38 years old. He's old. He's old. Like I, Do old. I think he's going to be one of the premier relievers in baseball at 38 years old? I would bet against it. That's just me. I wouldn't give up anything of value. I truly understand everything you are saying, which is why I don't think it's going to be a ton of value you'd have to give up to get him. I just think he's a good bullpen arm. And if you don't trust him to close out games right away, which, by the way, he's shown for the last two years, he can close out games. He's doing it in cores. If you're doing it in cores, you could do it anywhere. Put him on the moon. He will close out games. 